morning, everybody. Great to see you. So glad you're here. So happy for all of you joining us online today. And uh, if we haven't met, my name's Terry Smith. I'm the lead pastor here at the Life Christian Church. And most of the time, my primary role on Sunday is to bring the teaching from Scripture. Uh, but sometimes I need to play uh, other roles required of me as the lead pastor of this church. And part of that is uh, keeping us updated on our mission and vision as a church and making sure that you're fully informed as to, as to where we're going and how you can get involved. And today, uh, I'm going to take a few minutes, about 20 minutes, to give you a vision update. And I think you'll understand why. Uh, and um, then uh, we're going to sing a couple more worship songs together. And Ryan Moore, our pastor of care, is going to come and he's going to do uh, the teaching today. And in case you're wondering how this is going to happen and we're not here until 2 o'clock, uh, we actually got out a little earlier today than we normally do. God blessed Ryan with a gift that he did not bless me with, and that's called the gift of brevity. Ryan can say more in 25 minutes than about anybody I've ever met. That's the truth. Um, so, um, as most of you will remember, this past December we had a Vision Sunday where I cast vision for the future of the Life Christian Church. We introduced several major initiatives. Two of those initiatives were the launch of our online campus and our All In for the Arts initiatives. I want to take a few minutes and give you an update on these two initiatives and make several major leadership announcements in that context. And I also want to update you on the Hope for the Holidays Christmas offering that we received in response to that vision so that we could fund that vision and the launch of these initiatives as well as all of our Plus Life missions and campus multiplication initiatives. All right? So let me start with this. Let me start with what I'm going to call a bitter good announcement. I know the right word is bittersweet. I'm not into the sweet thing so much. I like bitter good. Here's a bitter good announcement. Christian, Christian Smith, our executive director of pastoral ministries, and if you've not made the connection yet, my son, um, has accepted an invitation to earn his Ph.D. in Christianity and the Arts at King's College in London, England. Now, there are several miracles around this, including the fact that his mother clapped on the front row. Uh, I should announce Sharon's moving to England, too, actually. Uh, Christian is going to be engaged in an exclusive program at one of the top uh, institutions of learning, the top one of the top universities in the world, uh, in a program centered on theology and the arts led by a renowned professor and thought leader named Dr. Ben Quash. And um, uh, Christian has, uh, ha has a calling to both pastoral ministry and to make a significant impact on the Christian church writ large and how it understands and practices the arts so that it can better participate in God's beautification process in this broken world. So, the bitter news of this bitter good news is that this September, Christian and Amanda are going to be moving to London for three years. So, um, 
I know that's like, what? But that's the reality. And this isn't news, of course, to us. We've been having these discussions, and Christian was actually accepted into this program uh, sometime last year. Um, so that's the bitter part of the bitter good news. Here's the good part of the bitter good news, and that was good as well. I'm announcing today that Christian and Amanda have agreed to become our online campus pastors and that our online campus will be based both here in West Orange and in London, England, making it a truly international campus. So they're leaving us, but not leaving us. Um, and actually, it seems that God in his providence has worked all this out in a way beyond what we could possibly have imagined or planned as we've been in discussions about them going for a long time. Uh, that's something that we've been aware of. But uh, at the same time, we have been searching for an online campus pastor. And at some point, really, in just the last five or six weeks, it just hit us. Well, you don't have to live here to be the online campus pastor. And really, the way we should say it is Amanda and Christian are going to be online campus pastors because Amanda really is going to take the lead in this. She is a tremendous leader, if you've ever noticed her work around student ministries. And um, Amanda is going to be working at this full-time and Christian, of course, is going to be pursuing his Ph.D. full-time and doing this and some other pastoral things for us part-time. And really, the truth is, Christian's going to do whatever Amanda tells him to do, and this is going to be an interesting thing to watch. So uh, that's uh, exciting, exciting news. Now, just to remind you, our online campus will be a fully functioning virtual campus with a dedicated campus pastor, Amanda and Christian, who knows and ministers to a diverse and widespread congregation that will be spread throughout the world. Our virtual online campus will provide opportunities for engagement and growth and service through virtual life groups, life teams, plus life mission serving opportunities, classes like Welcome to the Life, in, in ways similar to what we do in our physical campuses. There will be an interactive worship experience that will be tweaked for an online audience, but most of the time it will feature, frankly, me teaching on a Sunday, and uh, then other things uh, that will be innovative and creative in a way that translates well to an online audience. There will be a full-blown children's ministry. I could go on, but uh, those of you who are watching online, I know there are people watching from certain places around the world and around the country, you consider the Life Christian Church to be your home just because of your participation in watching our online services. Well, we're getting ready to step this up in a very significant way that will serve you and help you fulfill God's dreams for your life wherever you live. Just this week, I got a note from someone in the Philippines. We watch you online. I want to be a part. How can I be a part? Well, we're coming after you, and we're going to give you an opportunity to represent the Life Christian Church in the Philippines. So our online campus soft launch will happen on Sunday, July 11th. Our launch launch, our official launch that will market around and so on and invite people everywhere to will happen from London on October, in October of this year. 
Between the soft launch and the launch launch, we'll invest considerable time building teams, rooting, uh, recruiting and training, connect pastors and life group leaders and developing systems and preparing marketing campaigns and so on. Our launch team will include some of you, hopefully, who will say that you want to be involved in this, you want to help make this happen, and it also will include many of you who are watching this online from different places in the country and different places in the world. We're going to try to get you involved in our launch for October. So watch for news around this. All right, here's my second major announcement. A lot to say, I need to say it quickly. By the time I finish, you're gonna, your head's going to be spinning, all right? Here's the second major announcement. So Amanda has served as our student ministries director for about four years. And uh, she's done a marvelous job. We have a fantastic Redline student ministries. It is out of this world. Obviously, obviously now her role will be changing over this next month or so, and I'm very excited today to announce that J.O., that Joao Pires uh, will be stepping up to become our new pastor of youth ministries. I don't know how I said it. It's Joao Pires. And um, when you have a name like Smith, every other name is confusing. So we're so excited about Joao and Dyra. Uh, the, the, by the way, the way that we got to know Joao is Joao was the youth pastor at, a, at, a, at another uh, large church, and he led a network of youth pastors, and our youth leadership team was a part of that network, and they were so impressed with him and kept telling us about him. And when we had the opportunity to grab him, we grabbed him, and um, uh, Amanda was serving as our youth pastor, but we knew the time would come when she would transition out of that, and we thought, we weren't sure, we thought Joao might step into that role, and in the meantime, he served and done a great job as our pastor of engagement, a wonderful job, and now he's going to be dedicated, we're working towards him being able to dedicate his full-time uh, ministry here at TLC suit to our young people and to the young people in our communities who need Jesus the future is bright for Redline a Redline service celebrating Amanda and commissioning Joao will be held on Wednesday night April 14th young people we love you you're not going to want to miss it it's going to be a big day and work on this transition is already underway all right that's two major announcements I've got one more all right, and then I'm going to talk about some other things. The third major announcement is, has to do with our All In for the Arts initiative. The thing that we've been working the most on, always the most important thing in, is any, in any enterprise, is finding the right leaders. And so we've been working hard to try to find the right leader for this because once a good leader is in place, uh, and if we can give them the resources to do what they need to do, we're going to have success by God's grace. I'm excited to announce that we have hired Haven Burton to lead our All In for the Arts initiatives. And this, my friends, is a big get. I don't have time to read her whole biography. Haven's had a lot of success on Broadway um, and played some, some great roles in some great shows. You may have seen her on stage at some point. She and her husband, Denny, led our Christmas show in Village this past December. It was a smashing success. When everybody else shut their shows down, we kept ours running. And, and even though we didn't have nearly as many people as we did 
in the non-COVID years, um, uh, we still had about 1,500 people participate in our Christmas show in Village this past year, and we're really excited to have Haven Burton on board. You're going to hear a lot more about that. When we talk about All In for the Arts, I just remind you, we're talking about three major streams. The first is that by God's grace this fall, we'll launch our School for the Arts. I'm sure we'll start small, but we'll build big. Our School for the Arts is going to be a place where families can come to study best-in-class artistic expression. Children and adults both will come and be able to study drama, dance, music, worship, leading, video production, editing, painting, photography, and more. Our purpose for this will be both to spread God's love in the community and to be an outreach for people in the community, but also uh, it's going to be a pipeline for, you know, who's going to be putting on our Christmas shows in coming years? Well, we're going to be raising people up, training them, empowering them, engaging them. Who's going to lead worship? Who's going to be our creative directors at our future campuses, etc.? Well, they're going to be, we're going to, they're going to be involved in our school for the arts. So I want you to understand this is a long-term play towards spreading God's love in ever-widening circles. And by the way, you know, we have a lot of crazy talent in this church. I probably shouldn't say this. This is, this is, uh, this is uh, a pastor's excited being proud of the people who are part of their church kind of thing. I look up here and sitting on the keyboard here, quietly and humbly playing with our band is Justin Hornbeck. You say, who's Justin Hornbeck? Well, Justin Hornbeck's, from what I'm told, I'm not an expert on Broadway's, one of the top conductors on Broadway. Uh, when COVID shut down the Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, Justin, our keyboard player today, who's a member of TLCC and is volunteering his time to play, was the conductor of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. He conducted Bette Midler's show, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We have folks like that who want to get involved in serving and using their gifts and their experiences and their expertise for gospel and kingdom advancing purposes. So first, we, we, the All In For The Arts means our school for the arts. Secondly, it means using arts to spread God's love all year. No time to talk about that today, but things like big art shows on Sundays that are part and integrated in what we're doing here on a Sunday. And then third, uh, we want to make TLCC a go-to for shows that the community comes and gets a different take on what it means to, for the arts. For, and the, our big goal is that, that by 2025, we want to have 10,000 people a year attending and being impacted by the good news of Jesus in our Christmas show. So this is what we mean when we're talking about all in for the arts. Um, then let me just say, as I move on, that another thing that we're working hard on is, is what does the relaunch of our Paramus campus look like? Just know, I hope to be able to make an announcement relatively soon. It might be a few months as we work through this about the relaunch of our Paramus campus. We're prayer, prayerfully considering when to reopen and also reconsidering if the AMC Paramus, which is where we've been meeting, is the best place to relaunch this campus at this time. And we're kind of thinking through all that again, praying about it all again, just so you know, and all you faithful Paramus people, we're working on this, and uh, I ask you to pray for us as we make these critical decisions. All right, let me talk about one other kind of major bucket of things, okay? That was a vision update and some major announcements, okay? Did I deliver when I said I had major announcements? Those are major announcements, right? 
Now, let me talk about how that when we introduce some of these things uh, to, the, to the congregation writ large last December, we followed that with our Hope for the Holidays Christmas offering, or our offering that is necessary to fund our missions budget. Um, when we talk here at TLCC about raising funds for mission and vision, we talk about two things. First of all, our regular tithes and offerings go to fund our ministry operations budget. So think in terms of just normal operations, the things it takes just to keep the lights on and do what we do and, and, and so on. And our operations mission budget includes things like our K-Port ministry, Redline Youth ministry, worship and teaching ministries, supporting our staff team of nearly 30 dedicated people who make all these ministries happen, paying our mortgage and our utilities and, our, and dealing with maintenance and improvement. It takes us about right now, about just so you can know, I'm going to talk numbers here, uh, it takes us about $2.5 million a year just basically to function, all right? On top of that, we try to raise about $500,000 a year at this point. Hopefully, this number will go way, way up in coming years. I can't wait until I can say that our missions budget is a million dollars. That's my goal soon. But for right now, our missions budget is, about, is at, at about $500,000. So for us to fund the things, we talk about operations, we talk about what we do here. When we talk about missions, we talk about what we do from here. So missions funds are plus life local and global missions efforts. Let me say something about that in, in a quick minute. It also funds our campus multiplication efforts. It funds things like these major initiatives, new initiatives. So um, uh, let, let's, let me just talk about these two buckets real quick uh, because I want to give you, I just feel like I want to give you a little update. If you're new to us, what I'm doing right now is really rare. This is a once a year kind of a talk, maybe a twice a year kind of a talk, okay? But this is part of my job. I want you to understand what's going on. I want you to, you're, you're, you folks, so many of you dedicate a good bit of your income to support what we're doing here. You need to know things. We had a business meeting this last Thursday and most of you didn't come. And so this is what you get. <laughs> Because we want you to know about the business of this church. We want, we try to practice transparency. We want you to know what's going on. So at our, at our business meeting, we, we, Kevin McCollum, our director of business and finance, does a full presentation of our audited, and every year we have a full audit of our audited financial reports, what came in, where it went, why the members of our church have the opportunity to ask any questions as long as they want to ask questions about anything they want to ask questions about. All right, we did that Thursday. Here's the, here are a couple of headlines it might be good for you to know about. Let me talk about the operations budget for a moment. Uh, our regular tithes and offerings. One of the things that's uh, good, a lot of you wonderful folks have been concerned about how we've been doing during COVID. And I haven't talked about it, um, but uh, it seems like it, it's good for you to know how we're doing. And you've been concerned as to whether or not we're making it. So let's talk about the operations budget first, tithes and offerings. Let me give you a quick little tithing update. We usually talk about tithing in three ways here. First is, and most importantly, we believe that Scripture teaches clearly that tithing is part of our covenant with God. Tithing began with, in, 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 when, when, Ab, Ab, when God made covenant with Abraham, 
prior to the law. It happened under faith. It was codified in the law of Moses. And then when Jesus showed up, he picked up the mantle. And one of the things he said is, you should tithe. Yes, Matthew 23, 23. You should tithe. Yes. Now he was talking about a bigger context than that. But in it, he offered what grammarians of, of the Greek language say was a moral imperative. This is something Jesus said you should do. So we believe that returning the tithe is part of how we acknowledge God as the owner of everything else in our lives. Um, there's a passage in Deuteronomy that says the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your life. So we tithe because the tithe is holy. We tithe because God wants it returned to him. We tithe because it's the right thing, the God-honoring thing to do. That's number one. That's why we teach about tithing. Secondly, we teach about tithing because we know that there is a unique special blessing promised throughout Scripture to tithers and givers. We know that when we tithe, we should expect God to bless us in amazing ways. Let me say something very important. That's not why we do it. We do it because we're in covenant with God and we're taught to do it. We do it out of obedience and faith. But... uh, What happens, what results is God says, if you'll do this, I'll bless you in special ways. And there are actually blessings attached to tithing in Scripture and giving that aren't attached to anything else. There's a uniqueness to this. This is why you read a prophet like Malachi, who though an Old Testament prophet was prophesying toward the New Testament, reality, if you'll see the context, And he said, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Lord Almighty. This is the only time in the entire Bible where God says, test me. The only time. He says, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. So, first of all, listen... First of all, we teach tithing because Scripture teaches us to tithe. Secondly, we teach tithing because there's a unique blessing associated with it. Thirdly, though, and what I actually want to focus on for a moment, is that the tithe provides funding for God's work to get done in the earth. This is the way God's work gets financed. Now, that's not the, the, we, we talk about it in the order I just described. Because to me, that's the third thing. It's kind of like the byproduct of it. But tithing are, are membership fees. To, to support the institution. Tithing is between you and God first. But you're blessed by it, and the institution is able to do what, it, what God made it to do. There's this great passage in 1 Corinthians where Paul said, if we have sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much if we reap a material harvest from you? Which is to say this, that to sow spiritual seed, you have to have material things. And that's just the reality. I wish I had time to do a longer teaching on it. You probably don't wish I had time to do a longer teaching on it. But I wish I did. It's a real important thing. For us to, you know, Malachi 3 says that when we tithe, it it means there's food in God's house. We can't have food to feed you and to feed those who are in need in so many ways. Spiritually, most importantly, but need in other ways, unless... People bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. It's how we have food. How do we have spiritual seed to put out? Well, if we sow spiritual seed, is it too much to ask that you bring material goods so that there can be food in God's house? You get the principle? So the third reason we teach tithing is because this is how God's work gets done in the earth. Now, people frequently thank me. Frequently. I hear it all the time. 
Rob Belcourt sitting on the back row. You thanked me in your own way a week or so ago that about the teaching around tithing because of the way it's impacted your life, as an example. So in case you think I'm talking theoretically about people thanking me. I have people thank me all the time. Thank you, Pastor, for teaching me about tithing. Thank God my parents taught me. From a child, every dollar I've ever made, I've returned a dime of it to God. And every thousand dollars, I've returned a hundred of it to God. And on and on. Since I was a child, I thank God my parents taught me that biblical principle. So a lot of people thank me for that, okay? But today I want to focus on thanking you, okay? Because of the third thing, the fact that the tithe allows the church to do its work in the world. And many people want to know, how did you do during COVID? Did, were, are we okay? Some people have this expectation that maybe, you know, people will stop tithing. Of course, if you don't have an income, if you don't have increase, you know, you know what a tithe on zero is? Zero, right? So if you don't have an income or if you don't have increase, then you're not tithing. You may choose to give something if you want, but you're not, you can't tithe if you don't have increase. But somehow or another, even through COVID, God's blessing continued to be poured out on the people of this church, and the people of this church were faithful, and our tithing last year was actually up over the previous year. <laughs> Praise God. You can see the numbers behind me. I'll show you the numbers just so you can see. So, you know, uh, our tithes last year, well, you see that we were up 3.4%. We actually had almost $80,000 more in tithing come in than we had the previous year. And, and listen, let me, just, let me just say, again, the, the reason for tithing isn't, first of all, to support the church. I want to make that clear. But it is part of it. And as much as that is true, listen to your pastor say, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for having faith. Thank you. And uh, it's stunning to us. Now, our regular offerings are down about the same amount as a tithe. The regular offerings, it's kind of a different thing. Most of that comes in when people are physically in the room. And uh, there's a whole other explanation for why that's true, but that's just the reality. And so we're not surprised that that was... But anyway, when it's all said and done, we did more than survive last year. We survived. And somehow or another, even though we made some decisions that were very critical, like not receiving our Holy Week mission offering, which, which, which uh, would have been a goal of about $500,000 to fund our, 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 our missions program for the following year, we decided not to do that during COVID. Somehow, by God's grace, the fishes and the loaves were multiplied. And some people stepped up and gave special offerings to our COVID relief fund. And I heard today from Bonnie, our uh, Plus Life director, that we are now at having served people in need during COVID over this last year. We are now at about $650,000 of using our partnerships to serve people in need. All right, I'm going way over, I'm going way over this service. I need to be quick. I, it's almost, all right. So here's an update then. So what we decided is not to receive our Holy Week mission offering, but we made a big emphasis around Christmas where we said we have a goal of receiving a $250,000 offering. It'll fund all of our missions budget through June, and then we're going to come back and do our Holy Week mission offering during Easter time, and we're going to try to raise another $250,000. Well, 
So our hope for the holidays, Christmas offering, our goal was 250000 So far, we've received 224000 We have some pledges still out. If all the pledges come in, we're going to be about $230,000. Again, I have something very simple to say to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's amazing. This congregation is amazing. Now listen, have any of you ever heard us beg for funds here? No, you never hear us do that. We cast vision, ask people to pray about participating in it, and then people do what they feel led to do, and this is the kind of thing that happens. Now, the announced plan was that we would receive a Holy Week mission offering with the goal to raise another $250,000 on Holy Week. But we, here's the deal, we found a way to close most of our gap, our funding gap, without needing to raise that large of an offering, and I would rather not if we don't have to, do the big Christmas offering, turn right around a few months later and do a big Holy Week mission offering. And so we've found some ways, and God's blessed us with some, some unexpected funds to be able to close most of that gap. But we're still about $50,000 short of where we need to be. And here's what I'm saying to you. I'm going to ask for those of you who feel so led to join me and Sharon during Holy Week, to simply pray about bringing an offering that you would consider to be a generous offering above your regular tithes and offerings. Now, I want to say something very clear as a pastor. I'm not asking you to pray about making some huge sacrificial gift. We're not trying to raise $250,000. Now, if you have a $250,000 check to give us, we can use it, okay? But we're not, I'm not asking you, there are times it's important that we give sacrificially. It's part of our life with God. We should love the ability to do that. I just don't think we should be asked to do that with great frequency. So I don't mind doing that. I'm happy to do that. But I'm not asking for that kind of an offering. You may say, this is not a good way to ask for an offering. No, I'm just being honest with you in terms of what we need. So Sharon and I, by God's grace, so I can show leadership, and so you know we have skin in the game, we're going to bring a $1,000 offering above our tithes on Easter Sunday. I'm going to ask you to do whatever you feel led to do above your tithes and offerings, and I think if everybody participates and does something you feel led to do, we'll close that $50,000 gap, and we'll pick this conversation. We won't have this conversation again, Lord willing, until Christmas, okay? When we'll come back and we'll try to raise a great big large sacrificial gift end of year christmas kind of an offering to fund our missions okay and i'd love for you to do this with this with this mentality i want you to come in the spirit of second corinthians chapter 9 remember this whoever sows sparingly this is what paul wrote will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously each of you should give whatever you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly, nor under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly. You will be enriched in every way, so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Let's stand. We're going to sing another song or two of worship. You're going to hear about a 20, 25-minute teaching from Ryan that you're going to love so, guys, I think we should give a great big hand and thank God for the opportunity to be involved in his work. <laughs>